From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Hey, what's up and welcome to Parkway Church. I'm just super excited that you're with us this morning, however it is that you're tuning in. Thanks for being here. If you are new or you're newer, hey, welcome. We're just excited that you're here. If you could take a quick moment though and go to our website, weareparkway.com connect and fill out our brief connect form, we're gonna send you an e-gift just to say thanks for being with us. Um, and that is our way of connecting with you. If you are newer since all this COVID-19 um, has been happening and you know you haven't been to our physical building, but you've just been tuning in online, um, you're included in that. If you haven't filled that out yet, you're included in that. We just wanna know who's here and we just wanna connect with you. So thanks for being here for everybody. Make sure you like this, make sure you click the heart button on Facebook. Make sure you share it because I believe that somebody may need to hear this uh, today. Now I am presently outside of our church building. I thought I'd give this a try because I don't know about you but the sun makes me come a little bit more alive. I hope you've been enjoying the sunshine this week because for me that vitamin D does something in me. It makes my soul come 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 back to life a little bit. You know I could be having the worst um, experiences or situation and just just the outdoors does something maybe you're not outdoorsy and maybe you're not a sun person so this means nothing to you but I'm presently outside a church building that's why I'm all squinty-eyed with the Sun I'm probably gonna be for the entire time but uh, but I hope you enjoyed your week um, some things that that you don't know has been happening since we've been meeting like this there have been updates happening in our church uh, uh, building we've been putting on a fresh coat of paint um, in the worship center uh, doing some stage work so that when we finally do come back to meeting together um, it's going to look a little bit more fresh and a little bit exciting so we're just excited for that and don't worry everyone's been physical distancing through that process um, some of you may be asking with that is when is the new normal going to happen and and what is it going to look like and the answer to that is i don't know but we're talking about it you know, we really can't make any definitive plans until we get some regulations set by the government. So we're just really just discussing what it could look like when we finally can meet together. But listen, um, you need to know that we're praying for our government and its leaders. Um, and we believe that as it stands right now, that the decisions that ma they're making are in the best interest of, of public safety. And we respect that. You know, we respect that. I, I, you need to know for me, I don't buy into the conspiracy theories. I don't think that the government is in any way trying to neglect the church. I think they're trying to make the best decisions possible um, with the safety of our nation um, at hand. And, and, and Parkway's heart is for that too. Our heart is about safety. So I need you to know, um, it's, you know, nobody wants to be back more than me, um, but we're going to not rush safety. We're not going to rush safety. And right now, I really believe that more people are hearing the gospel. Um, so the rest of us, the 99, we can, we can wait a little bit um, for that time. Um, if you are part of our church community, though, and you are having a hard time in all this, um, I need you to know that you've been weighing on my heart heavy, um, in my spirit. Um, I've been praying a lot for you. And so that if it is you and you want to reach out to us, please, please reach out so we can connect with you and just uh, pray with you, maybe over the phone or through chat. I want you to grab your Bibles. We're looking and studying um, uh, through the book of Mark right now at this church, the Gospel of Mark. Um, we believe uh, in the Bible here. We study the Bible. We believe that God speaks to us through the Bible. It's the only book in iniquity that can speak to the specificity of your life. And so we've been journeying through the book of Mark. And I don't know about you, but I've been really getting a lot out of it. Um, the Gospel of Mark, if you grab a Bible, I don't have my physical Bible here because it's sunny um, and it's windy 
And so I have my, my phone with me. But if you have a physical Bible, you turn in the middle, go a little bit to the right, you'll come to the New Testament, and you'll find the first uh, four books are the Gospels. And Mark is the second one. And so we've been hanging out in there. Mark is supposedly, or was supposedly, a disciple of Peter. And he took Peter's memories and he took his eyewitness accounts and he formulated it and formed it into this gospel account that we have in the book of Mark. And he writes with the purpose of really revealing that Jesus is not just a historical figure. He's not just a, a nice dude, but he's the son of God and that he's the, the, the long-awaited Jewish Messiah. And so we're reading from Mark chapter 2 today, uh, verses 1 to uh, 12. So if you have your Bible, you can, you can tune in with me. It says this, it says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered uh, Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. Home. We're home right now. They had gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? Or say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and go home. The man got up, he took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. Never seen anything like this. Let's pray, and then let's get into this. This is one of my favorite stories, and I think we're going to have fun today. Father, I just thank you that we can um, open up your word this morning. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as I share, Lord, and as people listen, that you'd give us all ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Spirit of God, speak to each and every single one of us. Uh, reveal truth to us. Reveal something about ourselves that maybe we don't know this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that your presence as we gather in our homes or in our cars or wherever it is we're tuning in from, and as this word is being preached, God, that you would just uh, uh, do some life change in our lives. We love you, God, and we bless you. We bless the, 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 the preaching of your word, and we bless the hearing of your word. And ultimately, Lord, we just bless you and thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I remember watching a, a funny video on the internet of a, of a husband and wife sitting down on a couch discussing a problem she was facing. And it was, it was, it was, the point of the video was to humorously display how a man, a husband, is always trying to fix things and a wife or, a, or women are always just wanting someone to listen, right? You, you know this. They don't, want, they don't want someone to fix their problem. They just want someone to hear them out. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And so she begins to, to describe the enormous pressure that's on her right now. She's got so much pressure, it's relentless, and it won't stop. And she's scared because she doesn't know if it's ever going to end. And as you watch the video, you can see that she's perplexed and she's confused. And then the camera pans out, and you see this enormous, enormous nail um, just sticking right in her forehead. And then it looks at the husband, and he's trying, to, he's trying to be really understanding, right? He's trying to be caring, and he's looking right at her and goes, Yeah, you know there's a nail 
in your forehead. And she looks at him, she gets all mad, and she's like, you know, you always do this. It's not about the nail. You know, I just want you to listen. And I, it's just a hilarious video. And, and the man's on to something, right? Yes, there's, there's a nail in your forehead. But I think for our purposes this morning, I think the lady is on to something. Because sometimes it's not about the nail, right? It's so much deeper than the nail. You know, sometimes we try to um, fix the something that is wrong. We, we recognize that there's something wrong and it needs to be fixed when actually there is something so much deeper than that that's really going on. And if we get to that one thing that's deeper, it really fixes all things. You know, Jesus is in the business of getting and fixing the one thing. And when that one thing is fixed, it changes, it changes everything. And that's what the story we read about today in Mark um, chapter 2 is really about is about that, that one thing. So prior to this, uh, just some background, Jesus with his guys, with his followers, and he's, and he's teaching, and he's healing, and he's driving out impure spirits, and he's praying, and he's healing some more, and he's gained so much fame that the scripture says that he can no longer enter a town openly because people just flock from, from everywhere to see Jesus. And so finally, in this, in this passage, he comes home. right? He comes to a place of rest. That's what home is, it's a place of rest. And, and, and back to Capernaum. Um, Capernaum is a, is a village that is, uh, some, is basically a home base for Jesus. And Jesus comes to this house, uh, we believe, I believe, to rest. Uh, scholars suggest that it's probably Peter's house um, that, he's, that he's here. But the moment he's home, the moment he puts up his feet to relax, that you know he's kind of done with the ministry for a bit, and now he's just going to relax, within minutes the place is flooded. People are flocking from everywhere uh, to see Jesus. And this is something we see throughout Jesus' ministry, people coming from everywhere. Because when the presence of Jesus, when the presence of God rests in an area, people are drawn. People are flocking from everywhere because when the presence of Jesus rests in an area, people are drawn. Now there's so many numbers in this, in this room that there's no room left. Even outside, people can't even get to the, to the doorway because people are still peering in through the windows, right? They're peering in through the tracks trying to get a glimpse of what's going on. What is it, what is it about the presence of God focused in one area that draws people from everywhere? What is it about the presence of God that causes people to be drawn from everywhere? Right? This is no ordinary celebrity. This is no ordinary guy. When this guy is around, lives are transformed. See, whenever the Prince of God is focused in one area, you know something miraculous is going to happen. Whenever the Prince of God is focused in one area, you know something miraculous is going to happen. That's why some of you are watching right now. That's why many of us, we go to church. You didn't come to hear me. You didn't come to check out the team. But something in you drew you to tune in. It's not about the nail. It's so much deeper than the nail. Now, I'm going to be not honest. This is not the same as if we were meeting together. It's so much harder to preach to a camera than it is to a group of people. But, the, but I believe so powerfully in the presence of God that the same miraculous thing that occurred in that home, in this story, can occur in your home right now as you tune in. I believe in the presence of God so powerfully that what happened in that home, a man was forgiven and he was healed, that that could happen as you tune in right now. Why? Because God's presence is resting as we meet. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in His name, there He is with them. So as we meet right now, His presence is here. Now Jesus hadn't done anything yet in this story. He just, he just went home. 
He just went home, but there was an atmosphere of expectation because Jesus gathers people. His presence is luring, and everybody wants to see what Jesus is going to do. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen. People want to be healed. People want to be touched, and they want to see what he's going to do. But instead of doing something, he opens his mouth, and he starts preaching. He starts preaching. Now, if you've been hanging out with us the last couple weeks, we've talked about this. When Jesus speaks, it's different. There's a weight to it. There's, there's an authority. It hits you differently. You know, we may not be in the, the room that he was in, right, as he was speaking in that moment, but the same is true for us today. When God speaks to you, it hits you differently. Like you can sense it on a deeper level. You may be reading something. I may be sharing something. Uh, someone may have, uh, be saying something and just boom, it's, it's, it's clear to your heart. It cuts you to the core. And that's really how God sometimes speaks to us. It's the authority of Jesus. Some people often say to me, man, it's, I feel like you're speaking right to me. Or like you read, read my mail and I didn't read anybody's mail. But it's the authority of Jesus speaking to, to your heart. So, so Jesus begins to, to open his mouth. They're wanting him to do something. He begins to open his mouth and he begins to preach the word to him. There is power when the word of God is preached. You know, there's power when the word of God is preached. It's still why we do it today. When the, when the presence of God meets the preaching of the word of God, your life is transformed by God. Where there is the presence of God and someone starts preaching the word of God, that's where life transformation happens. There's power when you hear the word of God. Augustine, an early church historian and scholar, said this. He said, the preacher explains the text. If he says what is true, and let's pray, I'm, I'm saying what's true this morning, it is Christ speaking. John Calvin, another early church uh, historian, father, scholar, said this. He says, every time the gospel is preached, it is as if God himself came in person sol solemnly to summon us. There's something about the Word of God being declared over your life that changes your life in season. And if you think about that, think about how is it that all hell breaks loose when you decide to go to church. Right? Everything that could go wrong, everything that could stop you from going happens. Even now, right? you don't even need to get out of bed to go to church. You don't need to get ready. You don't need to leave your house. But for whatever reason, everything seems to happen to stop you from, from tuning in. There's something, because the enemy, I believe, knows that there's something about hearing the word that changes our soul. And so he does whatever he can to stop you from hearing it. Because when the presence of God meets the word of God, life is transformed. You know, if you go back to the beginning of the scripture in, in Genesis, when God first created the world, it says that, that God said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke uh, uh, life into existence. But who was it that was hovering over, over the earth as life was being created? It was the Holy Spirit. It was the active presence of God. So when the Word of God met the presence of God, life began. And so as we, as we meet in the presence of God, and as the Word of God is declared, uh, life can, change can happen in your life. So Jesus is, is preaching in this house. It's a packed house. People are wanting to see a miracle. He's preaching the word of God to them. And as he's doing so, they begin to hear something on the roof. And it's not a squirrel in the attic, right? It's not a reindeer Christmas time. Somebody's on the roof and, and they're beginning to rip a hole in, in it. 
Now you gotta visualize this, unlike our homes today, this home was a little bit different. It was probably a one uh, small home, one room home that had a stairwell that led to the roof. The roof was likely flat, a stairwell on the outside. Uh, the flat roof was likely made of wooden beams and thatch and, and earth that were kind of mixed together. Sometimes there were tile put in there uh, to make it a little bit stronger. Um, you know, Jesus is preaching and this, this, this roof is being torn open. Now you gotta imagine this is you, right? I was, I was in my house the other day and I'm looking out my window and I see three, uh, look like town workers or, or some sort of construction workers. They had like the, the safety kind of vests on. They had pickaxes and they're in the middle of my lawn looking at my lawn. And I'm thinking, what you doing on my lawn? Like you better not be thinking about digging holes in my lawn with those pickaxes, you know? And so here, here this roof is being ripped open and somebody pops their head through. And then the hole gets bigger and bigger until all of a sudden four guys are revealed and they're lowering somebody down on a mat. Four guys lowering one man. Four guys take it upon themselves to get this one man to Jesus. He couldn't get to Jesus by himself. There's no room to come in through the door. So they go up through the stairwell. They tear a hole in the roof to do whatever it takes to get this man to Jesus. I'll wreck a house if it means getting you to Jesus. You know, sometimes I think if we had this kind of attitude of doing whatever it takes, more people would meet Jesus. More people would meet Jesus. You know, if they didn't do this, this guy wouldn't have experienced Jesus the way he did. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have met with the power of God. He wouldn't have been healed by the Lord. He wouldn't have experienced forgiveness this way. But because they took it upon themselves to do whatever it takes to get him to Jesus, he experienced the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ in his life. Talk about the desire to have someone encounter Jesus. And you know, the most amazing thing to me about this story is, is uh, the, the thing that jumps out at me is it wasn't this man's faith that made the difference. It was their faith. Jesus saw their faith and said to the man. Jesus saw their faith and said to the man. Most of the time in the New Testament when someone encounters Jesus and is healed, faith accompanied the healing. Faith accompanied the healing. Faith is the unlocking mechanism. But this time, the man's faith isn't even described, but the faith of the four friends were. Now I kind of imagine that maybe this man didn't want to even go. Right? He's like, come on guys, Jesus is way too busy for me. And they're like, no, let's go. Get him on a mat. Don't put me on a mat. What are you putting? Oh, stop carrying me through the city. Guys, look, the house is too packed anyway. You can't even get through the front door. What are you doing taking me up the stairwell? Stop digging a hole in someone's roof. You know, imagine he's getting lowered down into the room and all eyes are on him and he's kind of just like, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Very Canadian-like, you know, sorry. It's not me, it's them. They had the audacity to do whatever it took to get this man to meet Jesus. What are you willing to do to introduce somebody to Jesus? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to, to step outside your comfort zone? Are you willing to do something that is unorthodox? Rip a hole in somebody's roof. What if it's our faith that unlocks someone else's miracle? You know, someone doesn't have the strength to pray. They're not in the mental space. And so we pray for them. You know, they don't have the, the capacity in themselves for whatever is reason to tune in, to watch. To, so we do what it takes to make sure they can tune in, to make sure they can encounter Jesus. And you know, we can't gather, gather physically, but if we could, are you willing to drive someone to church? Are you willing to pick someone up to inconvenience yourself? Are you willing to start a ministry that goes around and shuttles people to church to get people here? What are you willing to do to make sure your friends to somebody meets Jesus? Now, we don't know this man. We don't know how long he was like this. We only know that he was a paralyzed man. He was a man that was paralyzed. And this is often how we encounter people in the New Testament. 
is, is we don't know their names, we just know uh, their gender and their condition, right? And that kind of speaks to the human nature to, to um, identify people by their issues. We're going to read about some, a woman later on, a woman with the subject of bleeding. We're going we're gonna to read about a man with leprosy. We just read about a, a, a man possessed by an impure spirit. Different labels for different people. How about, how about some that are maybe a little bit closer to home? He's a liar, right? Or, or he's an alcoholic, or she's a homewrecker, or she's a manipulator. People label you by certain moments in your life. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for the grace of God who washed away my past. And so I'm no longer identified by the mistakes I've made. You know, when Jesus, if you're in Jesus, when he looks at you, he doesn't see your situation. He doesn't see the mistakes you've made, your choices. He sees his sacrifice and he calls you daughter and he calls you son. Now you need to make no mistake. Jesus is the first person that will call out your sin, right? He'll, he'll, he's the first person to, to tell you to sin no more. The Bible says that the spirit was given to convict the world of sin. Jesus, when the woman was caught in adultery, he, he didn't condemn her. He loved her, but then he said to her, go and sin no more. Right? He's not just going to ignore it, but he's, gonna, he's not going to label you and identify you by the mistakes you made. If you look at the first word that Jesus says to this man, he says to this man, son, your sins are forgiven. In one moment, he gives the man an identity in himself. He, hadn't even be healed. he wasn't even healed of his paralysis yet, and he's already a son. See, you can be a part of the, the family of God and still have a level of paralysis in your life. Think about that for a second. He hasn't even, he hasn't even been healed yet. He hasn't been delivered of his, of his, of his uh, disability, of his, of his sickness. Right? His situation hasn't been fixed. His mindset hasn't been changed. His identity has been given. An identity has been given. You can be a part of the family God and still have a paralysis in your life. You know, I think people would be shocked to know the spiritual condition of many people in Parkway. If we had like an open discussion one day and everybody just put it on the table, we'd be shocked because Parkway Church isn't full of perfect people. It's imperfect people who know Jesus, who are trying to know Jesus, who are trying to figure out what it means to follow God. You know, we, we love Jesus, we worship God, but for some of us, there's still a level of paralysis that exists in us. And you know this, right? Think about that thing that impacts your walk with God. That you think about, if I didn't have this, my walk with Jesus would be so much better. But can I tell you, don't give up. Don't, don't, don't stop. Because just like this man was in the right place at the right time, you're in the right place at the right time. The presence of God is meeting the Word of God, and that's where life change happens. If you get yourself into the presence of God, and you get yourself into the Word of God, there can be change that occurs in your life, and your paralysis can be lifted, whatever that paralysis is for you. So this man is in the right place at the right time. And this is what people came to see, right? They wanted to see miracles. They wanted to see power, right? They're like, let's go. Come on, here we go. The house is full. The fans are cheering. The atmosphere is primed. People are stoked. And this guy who finally gets through the crowd, he finally, he finally put, gets through, through all the people. He's right um, in the middle of Jesus. He's in the center of the room. Um, he's, been, he's been waiting for this moment. You know, some of you have been fighting for your miracle. You've been pushing through the crowds of life. You've been desperate. You've, you've, had, you've had desire. You've been waiting to receive the power of God. Now, here is the crowd. Crowd. Here is the man. Um, and what does Jesus say? He says, son, your sins are forgiven. He's paralyzed. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of us, you're like, you're with me. You're like, yes, I know what this means. Yes. But for the rest of us, if we're in that story, and some of you can put, you in the, you can put yourself in that story. If we were in that place, we'd be like, come on. This is not what I was expecting. 
I've been carried by a mat, a hole has been cut in the roof, and what do I get? Your sins are forgiven? Somebody put a hole in somebody's roof. Are you ignorant of my situation? I can't walk. But the whole thing, I believe, is a setup for Jesus to reveal himself. And that's really Mark's goal, to reveal who Jesus is. And in this one statement, son, your sins are forgiven, Jesus reveals more about this man's condition than this man realizes. It's so much deeper than you think. It's not about the nail. He was expecting healing. He received forgiveness. Nothing externally would have happened in that moment. Still can't walk. He's still paralyzed. He's still laying on the mat. You know, whenever your experience doesn't line up with your expectation, God is trying to give you a revelation of where you are and who He is. Right? When your experience with God does not line up with the expectations you had, God is trying to reveal where you are and who He is. Here's this man, he's expecting something, the crowd is expecting something, and they experience something different. And Jesus, with this statement, he reveals the position of the man, the condition of his heart, but he also reveals his position and the authority he has and who he has. See, Jesus had the authority to forgive sin, to fix the ultimate problem, to fix the one thing that, that fixes all things, that reconciles God to man. You know, we have the tendency to look at the surface of something. We look at the symptoms instead of, instead of the problem. You know, this man is thinking, Jesus, you don't know what my problem is. And Jesus is looking at him saying, you know, you don't know what your problem is. You don't know what your problem is. You don't know what it is you really need. He's looking for physical healing, but Jesus gives him a spiritual healing. You know, it's not good enough to walk into hell with full legs. It's better to be paralyzed and walk into heaven. Sin is the root of all issues. It's the one thing that needs to be fixed, that when it's fixed, it changes everything. Everything. Everyone saw a healing need, but Jesus looks at them and says, Son, your sins are forgiven. You know, only a Savior can do that. Only God can do that. Now, there was a group of people in the room that knew that. They go by the Pharisees. They knew that only God could forgive sin, and they begin to think in their hearts, right? They're not even saying it out loud. They begin to think in their hearts, he's blaspheming. He can't do that. They didn't even have to say it, and Jesus knew it. But I, I believe that Jesus was trying to reveal something about himself and about their condition. It's not about the nail. It's so much deeper. It's so much deeper. So he says to these guys, he says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up, take your mat, and walk? The obvious answer is your sins are forgiven because you don't need anything to, to prove that that's happened. To a paralyzed man, get up and walk, that's harder to say, because you need to, you need to see the proof. So Jesus says, but so you know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He looks at the man and says, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man gets up and walks in full view of everyone out of the house. He came in through the roof, lowered on a mat, and he walks out in full view of them all. See, Jesus' authority to forgive sin was validated by his authority to heal the man. I had a shoulder injury that was acting up, and I thought it was in relation to my rotor cuff, rotator cuff. And so I go to a physiotherapist, and I begin to describe what's going on and what's happening, and this is what's going on, this is what's happening. And so she starts to do a bunch of exams and, and tests and moves my arm in different ways, and does this hurt, does that hurt, can you do this, can you do that, how does this feel? all sorts of things. And then she looks at me and says, you know, 
that's not your issue. I'm like, what you're talking about, Willis? I know what my issue is. My rotator cuff. She says, that's not your issue. You have bicep tendonitis. You have bicep tendonitis. There's inflammation in the tendon that connects your bicep to your shoulder. See, I thought I needed one thing when I really had something else going on. You may be looking for your miracle today, but I believe that God is trying to reveal something else to you, that there's something deeper that you need. There's something deeper going on that needs to be addressed. And my prayer this morning is that the presence of God has met the Word of God and there's life change happening in your heart. That that's being revealed to you. You know, for many, I think it's the, it's the sin problem. You haven't accepted that you are a sinner and that you need to be forgiven by Jesus and that you need Jesus in your life. But God can forgive you. He can wash away your past. He can give you a new identity. He can give you fulfillment and eternity in Him. You can become a son and daughter right now. You can become a son and daughter. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Forgive me and be a Lord of my life. Simple as that. As simple as saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Forgive my sin and be Lord of my life. You know, in fact, if we were in the, in the physical building right now and we were gathering, I'd have everyone's head bowed and then I'd ask you to raise your hand just to acknowledge that, but I obviously can't see your hand. But God can see your heart. And so if that's you today, you, you're saying, do you know what, that's me. I want to pray with you. I want to help you um, receive the forgiveness of God. And it's as simple as acknowledging who Jesus is and asking Him to forgive you. So let's, everybody, let's just bow our heads and let's pray together. If this is you, just repeat this after me. Jesus... I believe in you today and I know that I'm a sinner and my sin needs forgiveness. Forgive me, come into my life and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that simple prayer, the Bible says you've been forgiven. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you truly believe in your heart, you've been forgiven. You know, you, you still may be on your mat, right? The nail might not be gone. The surface issues are still there. But the deepest problem has been rectified and you've been reconciled back to God. And listen, I would like to help you because this is not this, the end. This is the beginning. I'd really like to help you with some next steps. So would you reach out to me? Would you reach out to me? You can email me. You can contact us through our website, weareparkway.com connect. Just let us know about that decision. And I want to help you with some next steps. Here's a simple one for you is open up your Bible. If you haven't, if you're already not reading it and read the book of John. If you don't have a Bible, you can download an app. But the journey is beginning right now. For others, um, I believe that there is something deeper for you too. Something's in the way. You've received forgiveness, you're part of the family of God, but there's still a paralysis, that, 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 a paralysis that's holding you back. There's something that you know is there, but you've been ignoring. Maybe it's something you've been trying to hide from God or you've just been um, not dealing with, but there will be no forward movement in your faith and in your life until this one thing is, is fixed. And I don't know what it is, right? But you know, and God knows. But I believe that you aren't going to get off your mat and walk in your miracle until that one thing is dealt with. And so I want to pray for you, I want to pray for us, that we would have the strength to, to deal with those issues, to bring them to God, to allow healing, deliverance to come into our lives, um, and so we can get up and walk in full view of everybody. So if that's you today, you know in your heart, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, we just uh, come.
come to you and ask for strength right now for those of us, God, that there's something in the way of us getting up and walking in full faith and full view of everyone. Lord, maybe it's a physical ailment, maybe it's a mental, or maybe it's a habit. You know what it is, and so in the name of Jesus, would you give us the strength to deal with it, to turn from it, God, to give it to you, Lord. Heal, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, so that we can, like this man, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. God, you can strengthen. Lord, you can forgive sin, but you can, you can heal paralysis, and so the paralysis that exists, would you heal in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray that you bless Parkway Church. I pray you bless everyone tuning in this morning, Father God. Lord, I pray that your presence has met your word, God, and life change has occurred, God. And above all else, that you're glorified in the name of Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Listen, thanks for tuning in today. God bless you. And I hope that you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.